Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. We've got our full Week 9 preview coming at you here on a Friday afternoon, a little bit later than we normally record, so we've got plenty of practice information to go off of, lots of injury updates to get to. Cody, we actually had a relatively interesting Thursday night game. The Texans played the Eagles pretty well. Uh, They sort of pulled away at the end there, but... I was, uh, you know, fairly satisfied with the outcome of the game on, on uh, you know, just a totality there. I think most of the options in the game that were fantasy relevant played pretty well. Other than Devonta Smith owners, I think you were pretty happy with, um, you know, your guys in this game. What did you think about the Thursday night action? Yeah, one, the game itself was actually really good. The Damian Pierce is really good for a running back. He is back. a player. I mean, he's, yeah, against that Eagles defense yeah he's he's going to be a good running back for the next couple of years so uh if you got him in drafts especially early in the draft season when he was going for nothing you are ecstatic right now um but besides that yeah the only one you're really disappointed with is is Devontae smith and really the rest of the guys had boom games so you're you're really happy with how it turned out uh but Devontae smith's boom bust he's kind of that third option as we've highlighted really since he had his first really big game. You're going to have games like this. I'm sure he'll have another game with a touchdown and 100-something yards somewhere in this season as well. So just part of being the Smith owner, but that's all right. Uh, I do want to say, I just want to go ahead and give us a quick self-plug here. If you, However you found us, share us with a friend, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Podcaster Music, if you're on there. Um, so let them know. We'd be you know, obviously more than happy to help them out with their fantasy stuff if you comment on any of the social media posts. Um, and then also, Best Bets Pod will come out tomorrow. We're going to record one. We're going to get it posted. So we know we've been kind of slacking on that part. We have been doing well. Follow us on social media. If we're, you know, busy a week, we may not get that pod made. But we do always post our picks. We've posted them since week one. So, if again, follow us on social. Subscribe to the podcast. Nick, you got a huge injury list to kind of get to here. I'm going to let you take over, man. Yeah, we're going to get to it. Uh, there is a lot of injuries to talk about here. Even with six teams on a bye, we have a lot of guys uh, that are you know lineup decisions that have uh, injury designations coming into Friday. So I'm going to run through all the updates that we have here uh, that we didn't get to on our last pod on Wednesday. Uh, Michael Thomas and Rashad Bateman officially put on IR. Both of them are out for the year for fantasy purposes. Michael Thomas not officially out for the year, but he might as well be. Uh, he's not going to come back and help you for any sort of fantasy uh, you know, impact. So if you're not in a dynasty situation, you can drop both of these guys. Jonathan Taylor is out this Sunday. He was ruled out after not practicing all week. Not terribly surprised. He re-aggravated that ankle injury last week. So uh, it was going to be always going to be hard for him to play on that short turnaround. Chuba Hubbard uh, was limited in a few practices this week, but he has been ruled out as well. So we have the Deontay Foreman show again against Cincinnati. You can feel pretty comfortable starting him, uh, but get Chuba out of your lineups if you were planning on playing him. Austin Eckler was limited with an abdomen injury this week. He was actually just taken off the injury report, so he should be fine. Uh, It was just a little weird to see him even limited in practice coming out of the bye, Uh, but looks like he's okay. His teammate Keenan Allen is not. He had a setback at some point with his hamstring, whether it was over the bye or in the uh, first couple practices this week. I'm not sure, but either way, I would expect him to miss a couple weeks. He's not been ruled out officially yet, uh, so definitely check back in with this one, but I would uh, definitely expect him to be out this Sunday and probably uh, a couple weeks after that because he he came out and said he's not going to come back until he's 100%. And it took him three weeks to get back to almost 100% the last time. So you'd figure it's going to be a few more weeks for Keenan there. 
Uh, we'll talk about the impact of uh, his injury when we get to the game preview between uh, the Chargers and the Falcons. Derrick Henry limited by a foot injury. This is another one I wouldn't really worry about. Uh, probably more of a veteran's rest day. Uh, he's gotten you know 120 carries over the past four weeks, so he deserves it. Uh, Derrick Henry should be fine. Uh, again, just another one you want to just make sure you check in on before uh, the start of play on Sunday. Mike Evans limited by an ankle injury. This one uh, is tough to get a gauge on. Uh, Evans is you know prone to missing a game or two every year uh, for little injuries like this, be it hamstrings or ankles. He's kind of prone to that sort of thing. He, he plays through it if he can, but this is one you're going to want to check back in and make sure he is uh, active because this is a 3 o'clock game, so you won't know. Uh, you possibly won't know until after the 12 o'clock game starts, so just make sure you have a contingency plan for Mike Evans. Damian Harris out of practice because of an illness. Uh, he has not practiced all week, so this one. We saw a couple guys last week, uh, Devontae Adams and Daryl Henderson, come to mind. They missed uh, or were limited in a lot of practices because of their illness, and both of them played pretty poorly. So even if Harris plays in this one, I would probably try to pivot to another option. Gus Edwards and Mark Andrews, both out of practice Thursday and Friday. This is a Monday night game. I think you're going to want to plan on both these guys not playing, um, and their backup options uh, should be you know, playable in Kenyon Drake and Isaiah Likely, even if one or both of these guys suits up. I don't think they're going to be 100%, so I would expect them to be uh, limited out there. Obviously, if Andrews plays, you got to play him, but I'm cool playing Likely either way. I think he'll be pretty involved. James Conner will be a game-time decision on Sunday. Cliff Kingsbury came out and said that today, so um, you're just going to have to monitor this one up until game time. I'm pretty sure they play a 12 o'clock game. Uh, I'm, I'm not remembering who they play right now. Actually, it's Seattle at home, so that will be a 3 o'clock game. You have to, If you don't have Eno Benjamin, make sure you have a contingency option for James Conner if you're planning on playing him. Cordero Patterson. Decision should come tomorrow on his availability, uh, Arthur Smith said uh, to the media today. So we will see if he's in there. I expect him to get a full workload. So you can play him if he plays, but you're just going to have to wait for the decision that comes tomorrow. Darren Waller has been limited all week. He was limited all of last week. He didn't end up playing. Um, so I, I expect even if he goes, he's going to be somewhat limited. Going to be hard to sit him with all the buys and just tight end being what it is if he's in there. Uh, but just you know, realize that you're probably going to have a, a limited Darren Waller even if he is declared active. Alan Lazard has also been limited all week. Uh, he seems kind of like a game time call at this point. I'd lean towards him playing, but this is another guy I would expect to be somewhat limited even if he's in there. Uh, soft matchup with Detroit though, so if you uh, you know if you want to go with Lazard if he's active, I don't blame you. DeAndre Swift, similar situation in the same game. He's trending towards playing as well. A little bit surprising earlier in this week. Didn't seem that way, but I would expect a very limited workload for him. Uh, I, Dan Campbell came out at some point this week and said we gave him one too many carries, and he had five carries last week. So that does not bode well for his workload this Sunday. Uh, just realize the risk if you are planning on playing DeAndre Swift. And then uh, the last update I have here is Cooper Cup will play this Sunday. The team announced on Friday he's been limited in practice this week because of that ankle, but he should be good to go. So good news for Cooper Cup owners. Yeah, and good news for Rams, uh, the Rams organization and Rams fans because last week Cooper Cup probably should not have been in that game at the time that injury happened. So um, they kind of dodged a bullet there, but playing with fire, having the best, you know, best fantasy wide receiver but one of the best football players in general out on the field in a in a complete blowout so glad to see cooper cups at least going to be on the field um a one update keenan allen has been officially marked as out uh so stick around we will get to the chargers game we'll let you know some other options that may may still actually be out there um but definitely some options you can consider playing this week and then i thought there may be one more 
but I cannot remember. But hopefully, will. Oh, I think it was just DeAndre Swift. I don't. I we'll get to him a little bit, but I have him in a league, and I'm almost scared to play him just because he got a touchdown last week that somewhat saved him. But if he gets, I mean, if his workload's four carries, that's that's I don't know. I did. I, we'll get to we'll get into it, but that one's probably the biggest question mark I have in my head going into this week because it's an elite level player that may just be very very limited. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a tough decision, especially with all the buys and all the injuries. You know, you're probably going to be hard pressed sure. to switch or to uh, excuse me to sit DeAndre Swift, but uh, you might you might you might want to do that if you have anybody else that is a, a viable option there. So let's go ahead and get yeah. into these game previews. Our first one is Indianapolis at New England. Uh, kind of a stinker of a matchup from a fantasy perspective. Both these teams, uh, you know, more of the, the run first, uh, throw second type of teams, and the over-under at 40-and-a-half this week. So not a ton of options we're excited about. New England favored by five-and-a-half points at home. On the Indianapolis side of things with Sam Ellinger, quarterback, uh, one of the few quarterbacks I probably would not even consider in a 2QB format, even though um, if you do, if you uh, are good at math, you can you know, realize there are 26 starting quarterbacks this week, and super flex leagues, you're going to have to start 20 of them. So uh, he falls into that bottom six, uh, and I really would avoid him at all costs, even in 2QB situations. Uh, the running backs, Jonathan Taylor got ruled out, as I uh, mentioned earlier. So Deion Jackson. Not an exciting play by any means. We're hoping that uh, he can get a few targets thrown his way. I think that's where most of his value came last time he started, but that was with Matt Ryan at quarterback. So who knows if that'll happen this time around. Uh, he should be pretty involved, though, so I'd call him a back-end RB2. Uh, let's piggyback yeah, off that he conversation. He had 10 receptions. Right. He had 10 receptions last time he played. So, yeah, definitely hope he gets, gets some kind of involvement in the passing game if you're going to be starting him. Yeah, well, he'll be lucky to get half that based on uh, you know Sam Ellinger's oh, tendencies yeah. last week. Not just not a ton of throws for one, and then Sam Ellinger in in specific does not throw to his running backs. It seems uh, you know with the small sample size we have to go off of so far, that's what it looks like. But piggybacking off the conversation for DeAndre Swift earlier, if uh, let's say Swift is active and Deion Jackson is the starter, who would you start out of those two, Cody? Yeah, I'm going Deion Jackson without I would a doubt as well. there. Um, yeah, you got to go with the volume play, especially at this point in the season. Uh, the Lions aren't going to look to get um, – ah, I just lost his name. DeAndre Swift, they're not going to look to put him out there if he's still somewhat banged up. There's no reason to risk a re-aggravation and potentially having to sit him for the rest of the season with the way their season's going. So I don't think they're going to put him out in the field enough unless he's fully healthy. So I would go Deion Jackson for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think you just got to take the volume there. DeAndre Swift could realistically end up with you know five or six touches, and it's just going to be very difficult to produce for fantasy with that low uh, volume there for DeAndre Swift. Uh, the wide receivers for Indy that we're looking at are Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. Really, really not excited to start either one of these guys uh, with a you know they're five and a half point dogs on the road in a forty and a half point over under game. So it just does not leave a lot of points for the Colts. And Sam Ellinger, as we saw last week, uh, they're just not going to let him you know, get back there and rip the ball 35, 40 times like they would have maybe done with Matt Ryan. So you're going to need a big play out of one of these guys, and I'm just not sure that comes against this New England defense. Uh, I, it's going to be hard to avoid Pittman, especially uh, with, again, all the buys this week and uh, the injury issues that we're seeing. But I would do anything you can to avoid both these guys. Uh, here's an interesting name. I think that's kind of a lower-end pivot option people might be able to go pick up and play. Would you play Zay Jones against the uh, Vegas Raiders at home, or would you play one of these two? 
I, as crazy as it sounds, I think I like Zay Jones this week. I, do I like as well. a big bounce back week for Jacksonville, which we'll get into. And I, yeah, but it's just hard to really have faith in Pittman or any pass catchers in Indianapolis with with Ellinger throwing them the football and just. I'm gonna, yeah. I with both of these guys. I mean, if you can pivot, I definitely would. And. It's going to be hard to because Michael Pittman's a good receiver. In a lot of fantasy apps, he's still going to be projected a solid amount of points. So you're going to have to move that to your bench for a guy like a Zay Jones or someone, you know, we'll get into some other names. But it, it's tough to do, but I think it's worth doing it against New England. you got a, you got a bad matchup with a young, non-proven, kind of bad quarterback, we could say at this point. You don't want that on your fantasy roster. I think he's he has a good chance at a bust this week for sure. Really, I think a high chance. One more for you. Pittman or uh, Darnell Mooney against the Miami Dolphins at home? Yeah, see, this is where we get uh, – I mean, I feel like that's – Justin Fields has proven to be a better player to this point than Sam Ellinger. I just think – at that point, I think I'm still just going to lean Pittman just based on game plan. I think Pittman's going to be involved in – I mean, they're going to try and get him targets. With, with Mooney, I just don't know on a week-to-week basis. So I would lean Pittman very slightly. If you wanted to go Mooney, I, I could understand the argument there because I am out on Pittman in most situations. I think that one specifically would be the classic, uh, you know, Pittman's the high-floor, low-ceiling play there, and then Mooney would be the high-ceiling, low-floor play. So it just kind of depends on what you For need sure. and maybe, uh, you know, just gauge your matchup. If you are the better team, you just need a few points out of your guy. I'd go Pittman, but if you uh, you know you need a boom week out of your wide receiver two or flex play, you might want to go Mooney uh, for the chance that he hits a yep. long one. Um, and then on the New England side, this is a pretty easy conversation. We're not considering Mac Jones. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a smash play. As I said earlier, Damian Harris uh, has been out with an illness all week, so I would really try to avoid him if you were planning on uh, you know replacing him with a bye week running back or something uh, along those lines, but. Uh, we saw last week a lot of the guys that had illnesses just whether it was because of the illness or other reasons uh, I'm not sure but it just looks like this is a situation where Harris is probably going to take a backseat to Stevenson in a game with not a ton of points so I I really like Stevenson I would definitely sit Harris if I could and then Jacoby Myers is the only guy from the pass catchers I'm even considering and he's a solid play I'd play him pretty comfortably ahead of both Pittman and Pierce that we just talked about. Uh, I'd probably call him a low-end wide receiver, oh, yeah. too, especially in half and full BBR. I have him at that same exact spot. Just in my – I don't necessarily rank them by numbers, but I just try and group them whenever I'm looking at all of them, and I have him in the last spot as a wide receiver, too. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think he's a fine play. And then same thing with Stevenson as well. You play him. Uh, Harris is on your bench if – if you have them, um, even if Harris does play, I still think Stevenson's going to dominate this backfield at least this week. Um, and then once Harris gets back healthy next week, um, both from the injury and now from this illness, we'll kind of see if this backfield becomes more of a split or if Steven can, can somewhat take it over. But for this week, Stevenson, Myers, and Jackson are really the only three players you want from this game. 100%. It's a pretty easy uh, pretty easy game there. Again, not a ton of fantasy options that we're looking at there with uh, much comfortability. So uh, leave it at that. Those three are the ones we want, and the rest of them are speculative plays at best. Uh, Buffalo at New York is our next game here. Buffalo favored by 11.5 on the road, over under 46 for this one. Um, on the Buffalo side, again, this is a pretty easy discussion for me. I think uh, there's only one guy that we're really even you know having a conversation about. That's Devin Singletary, but... Uh, the rest of the guys, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, they're all in your lineup. 
uh, and you know there's not really much to talk about with them. We kind of there are known quantities at this point in the year. Uh, but Devin Singletary uh, is somebody that we can talk about for a second here. I'm interested to see how Hines works in. You know, obviously the trade was only five days ago, maybe even less than that, four days ago at this point. By the time the game starts, it'll be five or six. But I, I don't expect him to massively eat into Singletary's role, at least yet. I think that probably will come in the, you know, the weeks to come here. But at this point, I'm still comfortable throwing Singletary in as a back-end RB2. But I'm going to throw a few names out there just to get your temperature on Singletary. Uh, Singletary or Josh Palmer this week against uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Cody. Yeah, so this uh, this backfield situation I'm a little bit more concerned on uh, maybe than you are. I do think Singletary is still the main guy there, but we have seen running backs be able to switch teams and make an immediate impact where you don't see that as much out of other skill positions. Um, so I think I'm a little bit concerned for Singletary, but I still have him as a lower-end RB2. Um, in non-PPR, I think I'm still taking Singletary. Well, uh Palmer, if he plays, now he's going to be the wide receiver one on that team. I think I'm going to have to take Palmer over Singletary in all formats just based on their need. And then Montgomery, I just I he's still the starter there. If he gets going, I think he's going to get the majority of the work. It's just if he gets off to a slow start is when I think he can get a little iffy. So I'm also going to go Montgomery in all, in all formats over Singletary. Yeah, I'd probably go Singletary over Montgomery, just a little bit more comfortability with the offense here, but I certainly wouldn't Fair blame enough, you. Yeah. I, I think Montgomery has a higher chance at scoring a touchdown. I'm more comfortable with him getting a, you know, a carry inside the five than it would be with Devin Singletary on the Bills. So uh, just kind of, again, this is another one where it's sort of what you're looking for as far as uh, upside or downside. I think Singletary is pretty safe as far as, you know, you're going to get your 8 to 12 half PPR points, but Montgomery has multiple touchdown upside if uh, it breaks his way. So it, uh, what you need yep. is important in this uh, situation here with uh, Singletary and David Montgomery. But Still a back-end RB2 until uh, we see Hines on the field maybe taking half of his snaps. If that's the case, we'll readjust. But at this point, I still expect him to be the lead guy. Dawson Knox is the last guy I want to talk about on Buffalo. He is a tight end, uh, excuse me, a TD or bust tight end. Uh, pretty classic. I think these guys we've talked about a lot throughout this year. Uh, if you have a better option that's more involved in the offense, I would almost always lean that way. But, you know, if you are just looking for somebody that might be able to score you a tight end because your tight end is on bye this week, you could do worse than Dawson Knox. I agree. I, I have I have him labeled as a mid-tier streamer this week, uh, kind of similar to Mike Isecki, Tyler Conklin. If the touchdown goes their way, you're going to be pretty happy with the week. But if not, you, there's definitely a chance at a goose with these kind of guys. So just the, just the risk you're running in your lineup. Um, just one name I want to throw out there. He's probably already been picked up with the plus matchup, but I'm sure. Would you play Evan Ingram over Dawson Knox? Oh yeah, no, not even. That's that one's. Yeah, not I'm right close. there with you. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> on the Jet side, uh, there's only really one guy that we are. I wouldn't even say comfortable starting, but that I am okay starting, and that's kind of says most of what you need to know about these Jets. But uh, the running backs are the discussion that I think will be most interesting moving forward this week. Again, with all the buys, it's going to be really hard to avoid uh, these guys. If you know, if you don't have better options, Michael Carter is the one that we would prefer. But uh, I am really trying to stay away from both of them. They're mo they're eleven point underdogs at home. You could just easily see this game going the way uh, that it did for the Jets last week against a worse Patriots team, and that is 
you know, completely on Zach Wilson's right arm uh, because they went down multiple scores early. So if they're not able to establish the run against one of the best defenses in the NFL, which seems pretty likely, uh, these two are probably going to struggle. And Michael Carter is the one I would want because he's involved in the passing game a little bit more than James Robinson, at least to this point. But Ty Johnson factors in here as well on passing down. So uh, I am really trying to avoid both of them. I think I would rather start, uh, you know, let's see if I have a good name here to compare to Michael Carter. Uh, obviously, David Montgomery, who we just talked about, Devin Singletary, who we just talked about, uh, both of those guys, Deion Jackson, for sure, over over Michael Carter. So uh, he is definitely a lower-end running back option if you have to pivot. Uh, you, you know, he, he will get some work, but this is not one I'm excited about at all, at least this week. Hopefully some softer matchups will open up some opportunities for them later in the year, but... Uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The, this week specifically against the Bills, all those guys you listed, I'm 100% with you over Carter. Um, and it, it, I'm already skeptical of this running back room, and if I really feel that comfortable playing Carter, and now that it's against the Bills, I if I can pivot, I know it's hard with the six bye weeks and additional injuries. If you can avoid having to play Carter or Robinson or really any Jets option we're going to mention, I think that's the right play until we can kind of see how some things play out. But, um, yeah, it's tough. Carter, he seemed, he should be a good matchup, and if it was a better matchup than the Bills, I'd be okay playing him. But that Bills defense is really, really good. Yes, it is, uh, especially on the uh, the running side of things right now. Uh, the secondary is a yep. little more beat up, so that's where that's the only place I'm willing to pivot here is, the, is Garrett Wilson. He had a good week last yep. week against the Patriots. You'd have to figure that Zach Wilson will need to throw the ball uh, a ton, whether that's good for the Jets or not. I think we're pretty confident that it isn't, but you know, at least Wilson will get the opportunity to catch some passes, which he hasn't had uh, over the past few weeks when you know they were not letting Zach Wilson throw the ball probably smartly. But they're not going to have a choice in this one against Buffalo. So um, not an ideal start here with Garrett Wilson. He has a pretty low floor. Uh, the Jets as a whole, just you know, I could just see this offense being completely shut down and no one, you know, really coming through at all, but. Garrett Wilson is a good wide receiver against a banged-up Buffalo secondary, and he's going to get a lot of looks. So uh, I am okay playing him this week. Uh, again, another temperature check here on Garrett Wilson. Cody, uh, rank these guys for me this week. Uh, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Kenyon Drake. Let's go ahead and assume Gus Edwards is out in this scenario, and then or Darnell Mooney. Uh, oh, wow. Some high-end options we're picking from here. <laughs> um, I think... It's going to be hard, I think, to list them all, but I think I'm going to put Gus Edwards out. I'm going to put Kenyon Drake at the top. Most get, er, I think Drake and Wilson are probably just a step above the other two for me when I look at it. Um, and then I think London and Moody are both kind of in a similar category for me too where they're, they kind of need either a touchdown or a big play to become relevant. Sure. So I think Garrett Wilson and Kenyon Drake to me are just a clear level above uh, Mooney and London. If I had to pick between Wilson and Drake – uh, I'm just going to go with Kenyon Drake simply because of guaranteed touches. Zach Wilson has looked horrible, so you're going to have to rely on that against a good defense with a good pass rush, again, and you're going to have to hope that he can find Garrett Wilson. Do I think it will happen periodically throughout the game? Yes. I just don't think that he has a super high ceiling. I'm not super excited to play him against, again, what is probably the best defense in the NFL, both running and even though their secondary may be a little banged up, their pass rush is absolutely elite. So even though you're throwing against some some backups, you don't have a lot of time for plays to develop. So um, 
Long rant there, my bad. Kenyon Drake over Wilson, and then I think London and Mooney will get to them in their respective games, but I think they're both just kind of lower-end lower, lower end options. You came up with the same list that I would have given, so uh, I pretty much agree with you there. Uh, definitely a tier ahead with Garrett and uh, Kenyon Drake, assuming that uh, Gus Edwards is out in that one. I think he'll be a solid play on Monday night. Uh, and then Ty Conklin is another streaming tight end option. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of Dawson Knox, where we expect to have you know a few more targets thrown his way, but probably doesn't have quite as high of a chance of scoring a touchdown uh, on the Jets as uh, Knox does on the Bills. So I think I would probably play Knox over him just because of that. But uh, future weeks may be a little bit more interesting uh, of a play here. But you know this week, especially against the Bills, that is one of their strongest points uh, for fantasy is you know, they do not allow points to the tight end. So I would be avoiding Conklin basically at all costs. Yeah, he's already a streaming level tight end in a terrible matchup. I, this is avoid Tyler Conklin. If you planned on starting him, just double check to make sure no no other option that we mentioned out is out there still. Vegas at Jacksonville is our next game. This one is actually pretty interesting for fantasy, I think. Vegas favored by one and a half on the road. A little surprised at that line, to be honest, after the dud they put up against New Orleans last week. Um, Jacksonville obviously has not looked great, but they really have not thrown up a dud such as uh, you know the Raiders did in a little bit. So I, I would expect this to be a pretty close game. Obviously the line shows that, but I would probably take Jacksonville in the points here at home. Over-unders 48, we like that. Uh, so we want to attack some options in this game. Specifically, though, on the Vegas side, Derek Carr. Uh, the matchup is fine, as I just said. Should be high scoring. But he's a back-end streamer. I think there are just some other interesting quarterbacks this week that sort of uh, slot ahead of him. So I would probably not be looking his way in a one-quarterback situation. But uh, you could do worse. I mean, he's on a solid offense. And, again, there should be some points in this game. But for some reason, I'm just not very excited to start Carr this week. I think there are just a few other back-end options I am just a little bit higher on, especially, uh, especially this week here with Derek Carr. I'm right there with you, but I'm going to let you get to the other quarterback in this matchup, and then I'll ask you some Derek Carr questions. Because I think once we kind of involve him and the names you have there, hit, Derek Carr may be a little bit interesting. But I don't want to spoil. We, we agree on something on the Jacksonville side that I'm, I'm kind of laughing at on the inside, but I don't want to spoil it yet. We'll get there in just a second. Uh, the rest of the options on the Raiders are pretty easy for me. Jacobs and Adams are obviously in. I'm not worried about their dud last week moving forward. They should be fine. Hunter Renfro is a back-end flex consideration. Uh, would you start Hunter Renfro or Zay Jones in the same game, Cody? Uh, Zay Jones. I, I like the matchup better for Jacksonville's offense. And um, Hunter Renfro, do you know how many times Hunter Renfro has scored 10 points in a full PPR format this year? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Yeah, it's been one time, and it was exactly 10. That's the most he scored. Other than that, we're looking at 5, 6, 8, 1, and then obviously a couple missed games with the injury. For me, Renfro is not in start consideration. Um, he is, like you said, he could be a back-end flex if you just have to, but if Zay Jones is out there, I think he's the much better play this week. Until I see it with Renfro, I, I, I'm just kind of hesitant. This offense looks very Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs-focused. Yeah, I had a few more Renfro questions, but we'll just go ahead and move off them. I'm assuming that you're just going to choose whoever is not Hunter Renfro in these situations. So uh, we're going to unfortunately, yeah, yeah. we're going to be <laughs> recommending pivoting off of Hunter Renfro, uh, and then Darren Waller. 
I would play him over all of the streaming guys we're going to talk about, including the, the Dawson Knoxes and the Tyler Conklins of the world, if he's active. But he is on the very back end of the starting list for me if he's out there. Again, this is somebody you need to monitor. and He's a, he's a coin flip at best to play this weekend, and uh, this is somebody I could easily see having either a limited snap share or leaving the game early if his hamstring tightens up. So I would be trying to avoid Waller if I can, but he is, you know, he is a very good player in his own right and is probably better than the streaming guys, just not a lot of confidence until I see it. Yeah, two potential streaming guys I, I think we find interesting here. Uh, Robert Tanyan against Detroit. Would you just go ahead and lock him in over Darren Waller? Absolutely. Or are you still, if he plays, are you still going Waller? Okay, I'm with you there on Tanyan. I agree. I think you nailed it with Waller at the end there. There's a chance he starts and that hamstring tightens up in the first quarter and then he puts a zero up there for you. So um, the other guy that I think is a little bit of a notch below Tanya this week, but Taysom Hill, would you consider him over Waller or just lock in Waller? I would certainly play Taysom Hill over Waller. I think he has a okay, that's, much better that's chance. That's all I have down. to hear. You're, yeah, and until Waller's on the field, he's out there and he proves it. I think that he is uh, definitely, I mean, He's still a starter, starting tight end because if he's healthy and he's out there, he's going to be one of the best. But uh, for right now, I'm looking for pivoting options until I actually see him on an NFL field uh, performing at a high level again. Yeah, it's just been a while, and I like you said, I really just I want to see him on the field looking like him, his old self before I trust him. Um, all yep. On the Jacksonville side, let's go ahead and get into that quarterback discussion because it involves Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I would certainly play him over Derek Carr in the same game. Uh, this matchup nope. against the Raiders has proven uh, very fortuitous for us. I've recommended a couple uh, lower-tier quarterbacks the last couple weeks, and they've come through for me to varying degrees. Dalton was just okay last week, but it was mostly because the Raiders didn't really you know, force him to do much. So uh, this matchup has been very juicy so far this year, as we've seen, and I think Trevor Lawrence can come through. He has not been playing very well lately, but he's had some tougher matchups, and his volume has still been there. So if they, got, if they let him get back there and throw the ball 35 times against the Raiders, he will have a fine game for fantasy, even if it's mostly volume-driven. Uh, kind of the big name that I want to discuss here is Tom Brady. I would play Trevor Lawrence over Tom Brady against the Rams this week. Again, this is just a matchup thing, and it's a not believing in the Rams' uh, ability to put up points against the Bucks. So I, I do not believe Brady is going to have to do as much as Trevor Lawrence may have to uh, in this one against the Vegas Raiders. How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm right there with you. So this is what I thought. This is why I guys almost lost it when we got to this game, and I noticed that because the, for a little insight for those who don't you know, know, but Nick usually does the top half of games. I do the bottom half. That's why you'll see a switch, and I'll kind of introduce the games during the second half of the podcast. And in my notes for the uh, Buccaneers game is I would have Trevor Lawrence over Tom Brady, and that was before I saw this. So I am right there with you on that, on that aspect. But – I didn't want to spoil that because I thought that was funny. Derek Carr or Tom Brady if you had to play either of those two? I would go Tom Brady in that situation. Uh, again, the, his passing volume has been there. Uh, I think it might not be quite as high this week, but uh, I just trust him more as a player right now than, than Derek Carr. He has much lower floor in my opinion. You know, Tom Brady's not been getting those multi-touchdown weeks, only one so far this year, but you know, I think he's good for 15 fantasy points at the least. Uh, Derek Carr, like like you saw last week, could you know he could throw a one or a two up if he has a bad game. Yeah, I I really wasn't thinking about it that way, but yeah, you're right there. If he, I I expect Derek Carr to bounce back. I think I it would be it would hard. You'd have to have some stones to play Derek Carr over Tom Brady if you're in that situation. But 
I could see I could see a week where the Buccaneers continue to struggle in the red zone against a decent Rams defense, and Derek Carr throws for two touchdowns and he just etches them out. So um, I think Derek Carr's maybe a safer play than Brady. Um, eh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna walk back that statement before. I finished that. Never mind. I think I'm on Tom Brady. I talked myself out of it. Sorry. <laughs> Glad we could have our discussion on the air there and really hash things out. I uh, I appreciate that for the listeners. That's These are the kind of lineup decisions we make in our head as well, guys. So we're right there with you. For sure. Um, the rest of the guys on Jacksonville, I like quite a bit. Again, uh, obviously kind of piggybacking off of the, the Trevor Lawrence side of this. This is a weak defense, um, and they've been exploited on the ground and in the air pretty consistently so far this year. So ETN, we're definitely firing up. He's a top 10 back. Christian Kirk, I'd call a top 20 play, probably towards the back end of the top 20, but uh, he's still solidly in the wide receiver two tier. I'm fine playing him against this one of the best matchups in the NFL. And then Zay Jones, as we've gotten, uh, you know, as we've kind of talked about him so far, so I won't make this an extended conversation but i think he's a very good pivot option for those that are struggling with buys or injuries um we've already talked about him and garrett wilson and uh you know him and a few other guys uh, from earlier this week but asking for a friend that may be on this podcast with you right now cody would you rather play zay jones or rondale moore uh rondale moore playing the seattle seahawks at home yeah i think i like rondale more but i think those two are really good like Right, that's where I see um, Zay Jones at is at a Rondale Moore level, and I and just the other names here. I have Rondale Moore and Zay Jones this week better than or a little higher than Wilson and uh, is that is that Kenyon Drake, Drake or Drake London? Kenyon Drake. Okay, never mind. Take never forget that part. But I do have him over Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, I just I think that's a really good line for him. So if you're someone who needs a pivot option and Zay Jones is still out there, which there's a chance that he may be. It's tough now, now that the you know waiver wires have run with the six buys this week. But there's a chance, and if you need a wide receiver, you got to plug and play. I think he's he's in for a big game against a plus matchup. So um, I like Zay Jones, but I also think the same thing about Rondale Moore. He's, it's in a good game with a pretty good matchup. So I just have both these guys very similar. I think I would just lean Rondale. I would just trust Kyler Murray slightly more than Trevor Lawrence to be able to run around and make something happen. The Jacksonville offense has a chance to dud, I think, a little bit more than the Cardinals just because of the Kyler Murray effect. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, Zay Jones also is playing with that revenge narrative against the Raiders this week, so never doubt the revenge narrative with these guys. I I could see him maybe getting a red zone look. Everyone hates the Raiders, too. Yeah, (laughs) maybe getting an extra red zone look because, uh, you know, he's playing his old team here, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. But we like Zay Jones as a pivot option this week. And then Evan Ingram, he's a top 10 play for me. I'd play him over Waller in the same game i'd play him over tj hawkinson in his first game with the vikings play him over tyler higby playing him over hayden hurst and all of the other streaming guys that we will talk about uh robert tunyon probably ahead of ingram i would consider him more of a starter this week but uh we'll get to some more options later on i I like evan ingram though his involvement has pretty been pretty consistent and uh, once again this is a very soft matchup so fine playing ingram if he's your guy all right, I got a question for you, and it may or may not be for a guy on this podcast with you. Um, <laughs> so you have Mark Andrews as your main tight end, and you actually did not get Isaiah Lock likely. You got outbid for him, surprisingly enough. Um, but you have Evan Ingram. You picked him up as a secondary option. Would you play Evan Ingram in a for sure start, or wait for Ev- or wait for 
uh, Mark Andrews on Monday night and hope that he's healthy to play. I think you got to go with Ingram because uh, at this point I do not yeah. expect Andrews to play, and I'm assuming right. that Taysom Hill is going to be owned in whatever league you're you know talking about here. So you're probably not even going to have another pivot option uh, unless you want to go down to a Jawan Johnson. And I think at that point I'd rather just play a solid option here in Ingram than uh, you know hope Andrews is out there. And even if he is, he'll probably be pretty pretty limited, I would imagine. So I'm I'm going to go Ingram in that case in that case for sure. Yeah, nope, sounds good. Chargers at Falcons. Uh, another pretty juicy game here from a fantasy perspective. The Chargers are three-point favorites on the road over under a very nice 49.5 points here. Uh, on the Chargers side, we're starting Justin Herbert. Uh, obviously a little bit concerned because of his lack of weapons here, but any concern uh, with a lack of weapons is outweighed by the you know the, the high over-under here and just the weak Atlanta defense. I think Herbert will be just fine. If P.J. Walker can make it happen, Justin Herbert can make it happen, <laughs> even with his back end, you know, his backup options here. He's got Austin Eckler, and that's really all I need to know. Uh, he's probably the RB1 overall on the week, uh, just because of his, you know, very juicy matchup and the fact that he will probably get 15 targets in this one with uh, all of the guys missing. But the more interesting discussion comes with the wide receivers here. Uh, no Keenan and no Mike Williams, so they will turn to Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. I think Josh Palmer is uh, solid, a top 20 play, really. Uh, probably above uh, a Christian Kirk, who we just talked about. So I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to sit Palmer if he's in your lineup, especially with all the buys. Um, you know, he's probably in there for you. So DeAndre Carter is the one I want to talk about. This is a lower-end option for sure. Someone that is probably available in your league, unless you're in a really deep league that, uh, you know, again, waivers has already run like you talked about. But I think this is a guy you could go scoop up and play very realistically. Uh, would you rather play DeAndre Carter or Zay Jones, who we just talked about? Yeah, so this I'm going to go with DeAndre Carter simply because I just like Justin Herbert in this matchup just a touch more than Trevor Lawrence in his matchup. I think they're both good matchups. These are both lower-end wide receivers you could potentially still find out there and get production from this week. But if they're both out there, I would lean DeAndre Carter because he has Justin Herbert. And then on top of that, he also um, – Josh Palmer still questionable. I think he cleared concussion protocol, but he was still like limited or something at practice. So – I think Palmer's in for sure, but if he happens to sit, then you're getting Justin Herbert's number one guy. So in all leagues, you should just go to check, make sure Paul Carter is not rostered if you are someone who's in a pinch and may need a uh, uh, backup option. Yeah, he's a really solid play. I think I would still go Zay Jones. I just like the player a little bit more, but I wouldn't blame you at all if you went Carter. Uh, I agree with you. Herbert, obviously, a much better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence at this point in their career. So uh, it's always... Carter doesn't have the revenge narrative either. No, he does not, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really banking on that this week. So I I really hope that that comes through for me. I'm I'm counting on a Zay Jones touchdown against his old team. We'll see if it happens. But I I, I just have a feeling on that that one. Uh, Gerald Everett is a top five option at the position this week. Uh, so I, I don't really think there's any questions with him. Uh, he's probably in your lineup, if not at tight end, in the flex most likely just because uh, you know he should be a very heavily featured target uh, in this game. I think they, this team profiles pretty similarly to uh, the the Jaguars in a lot of ways this week. You know, with the you know the two wide receiver options we're considering, and then the uh, the solid tight end option as well. Just the slight upgrade to uh, the you know all the options on the Chargers for having Justin Herbert. But would you rather play Gerald Everett or Kyle Pitts in the same game? Yeah, and both teams have stud running backs. Also, yep, it's so very and, similar. You know, quarterbacks that we think maybe a little you know may have thought they're a little bit better than what they are. We'll see what happens with Herbert, but. Well, Herbert's yeah, slander, not, Cody. Not wow. looking too great. 
not looking too great. A little inconsistent. Just saying, if we're going to say it about Patrick Mahomes last year, we should probably say it about Herbert. Um, but Gerald Everett, uh, Pitts or Everett, I actually really like Everett again this week as well. Um, you know, we're in the same matchup. The, the Chargers secondary can be exploited, but... I, who am I going to bank on throwing the football here? Justin Herbert, who I'm slandering all over this podcast, or Marcus Mariota? That's Justin Herbert, without a doubt. I'm going Gerald Everett. Yeah, especially with the, again, the lack of weapons Justin Herbert is dealing with. Everett should be pretty heavily featured against a weaker defense. He's a he's a good option this week at the tight end. On Atlanta's side, uh, the passing volume came back uh, a little bit last week. We like to see that for Marcus Mariota, but... Uh, I'm still probably trying to avoid him in one quarterback leagues. The the chance of him having a you know ten to fifteen throw game are just too too prevalent for me to recommend him in a one quarterback situation. He's a good option in two QB leagues though. Um, the running backs, Cordero Patterson. Uh, as I said, uh, his decision uh, will come tomorrow whether or not he plays. I would trust him as a top twenty option if he's out there. I think they're not gonna you know they're not gonna activate him and then give him five or six carries. I think they're activating him to make him their starter. They have waited pretty long for uh, for his injury uh, to bring him back. So I think Falcons have been smart about this from the beginning. If Patterson's healthy uh, and ready to go, then I would trust him in your lineups. If there's no Patterson, I think both Huntley and Algier are in play. Uh, this Chargers run defense is very bad. They are allowing, uh, to this point in the year, 6.1 yards per carry to running backs. That's pretty incredible how bad that is, to be honest. And uh, you know Atlanta is never afraid yeah. to just run the ball endlessly up the middle so i think that that yards per carry mark mark might come down a little bit but if it's you know 30 35 carries between huntley and algier there's plenty to be had uh for those guys um let's get a little bit of a temperature check on huntley and algier unless you have something to add on the uh on the falcons guys we've discussed so far no i, I don't have too much to add i just want to i want to ask this is kind of a weird question, but it's it's very it's again kind of specific to my to my situation. So if you're listening, sorry, we're I'm just gonna have to bounce this. Hopefully, someone may get some uh, knowledge off this as well. But let's say Cordero Patterson plays, are you comfortable flexing either Huntley or Algier as maybe they won't give him the full workload back, or if Patterson plays, are you just benching Huntley and Algier completely? I'm benching him. Uh, I think Algier would be the guy that you'd look to if you are, you know, that desperate and just have no one else to turn to. But um, I am, you know, I, I could easily see Patterson coming out and getting 20, 25 carries, and then these other guys getting, you know, four or five. I, I just think he's going to be the main guy once he's back, and I think once they bring him back, he will be the starter and play, you know, 70% of the snaps. So I would be avoiding those guys at all costs if Patterson is active. Yeah, and one more thing on Patterson. He's an older guy, so this isn't like a young guy trying to get back, trying to like earn a contract or anything like that. Like This guy's already made most of the money he's going to make in the NFL at this point, so if he's coming back, then he probably is fully ready to go. So I uh, just want to make that point, but I agree with you. I, I, may, you know, I may be that sad guy who has to flex Algier as a backup running back, but I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on to the receiving options. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, again, yeah, if, they, if Patterson does sit, I think oh, I like Oh, there was a – sorry, I, I forgot that we were leading into that. Yes, if um, if, if Patterson does sit, um, the Jets running backs, Washington running backs, and Zay Jones, I like Algier and I think Huntley over both Jets and Washingtons, but I think I like Zay Jones in half and full PPR over uh, Huntley and Algier. 
Yeah, I would go ahead and play both of them over all of those options, personally. Uh, I just believe in the, you know, the juiciness of this matchup against this yeah. bad Chargers run D, and I think you're getting very guaranteed production out of these guys because we know Atlanta will, will establish it. Whether or not it's working does not matter. Both these guys will be fed. So I just I like the guaranteed touches, and I love the matchup. So I think both of them could score in this game if Patterson is out. Um, yeah. The receiving options, as Cody mentioned, uh, Drake London is the wide receiver we're looking at. I'm not dropping him just yet. It's been a rough go for the past few weeks. A squeaky wheel game is coming at some point, uh, but that being said, I'm not trying to guess when that's going to come. I'm just going to wait until he gets on a little bit more of a roll and we see maybe uh, you know Mariota allowed to open up the offense to some degree. Uh, if we can start averaging 25 to 30 throws a week, I think there will be enough room for London and Pitts to get theirs, but... You know, I just I have to see it for a couple more weeks, and I have to see Drake London have a couple good games before I'm comfortable playing him. Uh, so I am keeping him on my bench for now. Uh, but you know, he's a, he's a desperation play at this point. You're just hoping for a big play. Any disagreements on Drake London? Um, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what you said. I think in a pinch, he is still a startable player against a weak um, Los Angeles secondary. So if you have to play him, I, I don't necessarily hate it, um, but I don't love it either. So it's it's very risky. There's a chance. I mean, like what well, like what he did last week, where I think in full PPR he finished with like six point eight or seven point eight points, something like that. So that week's one hundred percent possible. It's just if you are going to play him and hope for that squeaky wheel game, it may be against this kind of just iffy defense in the Chargers. And then Kyle Pitts is probably too good to sit in this one. I'd, I'd call him a top five option, again, with the weak tight end landscape this week. Uh, you're just hoping that Atlanta keeps those targets coming, and in a game with a high over-under, I'm uh, you know, I'm fine trusting Pitts here. Obviously bust potential, but I think you got to play him because of the upside. And then uh, are yep. you – any disagreements on Pitts, or can we move on? No, I agree with you. I, I don't really want to spend too much time on him. He is who he is at this point. Dolphins at Bears is our next game. Miami favored by four points in this one. Over-under, 45-and-a-half. little surprised at how low that over-under is. Makes me kind of scared about how excited I am about these options, but uh, I'm just going to believe in my gut here and uh, continue on with my takes. And that is that basically all of these options that are on the borderline are very playable, uh, especially on the Miami side. Tua is a top-eight play this week. I have him above Joe Burrow. Above Justin Fields in the same game, above Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. I think if you have Tua, you're probably playing him. And if you, you know, if you aren't, then you have two very good quarterback options. So good for you. Uh, yep. So with Tua, because you gave yourself a couple layups there, I'm going to ask you a hardball: Herbert or Tua? If you have both in your both in your roster, I would go Herbert. Uh, I just again, this is a okay. higher over under. Uh, for some reason, Vegas does not believe in this game as much as I do. So I'd probably hedge and just. Go with Justin Herbert with his rushing upside, and um, you know he's just he's gonna throw the ball 50 times no matter what. That's just yep. the Chargers' mo. Um, and then Raheem Mostert is in your lineup. I'll be interested to see how much Jeff Wilson ends up working into this, uh, you know, into this backfield once he is integrated to the offense and you know fully healthy. But I think Raheem Mostert until then is a you know high end RB two play to be honest. So I, I like him a lot this week. Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill are obviously in your lineup. And then uh, Mike Kosicki is another one of those TD or bust tight ends. He's very similar to Dawson Knox up in Buffalo. I think uh, both of them are you know, profiled very similarly. So if you, uh, if you need to pivot this low and you need someone that's got a chance at a touchdown, he's got that. But you're only getting four or five targets here at the best. 
Yeah, Miami's become a very pleasant conversation. It's basically start the main guys that you know and then just keep an eye out on the running back room to see what happens with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Uh, fairly simple there. Chicago's side has a little bit more of an interesting discussion to have here, uh, especially with the quarterback. I like Justin Fields this week. Um, I, I could get burned here. Again, uh, Vegas does not believe in the Chicago offense the way that uh, I do right now. Uh, two good weeks on the road against uh, Dallas and New England. Much better defenses than this Miami one, but he's set up for a good game. He's been running a lot. I think I'm starting him over guys like Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, even with the juicy matchup there with Aaron Rodgers. I like uh, I like Justin Fields. He's been good against better defenses. I I think he's he's earned the trust at least in my respect. How, how do you think about him right now? Yeah, I think for fantasy, uh, he's definitely above those guys that you listed. Um, it just won the rushing upside, but also this matchup. the The Miami defense hasn't been extremely good, um, especially against fantasy quarterbacks. And then you know if they you know if you're down by about a touchdown consistently which is where I see Chicago being for the majority of this game you're going to be throwing the ball and Fields is going to be moving trying to make plays which leads to rushing opportunities this should be a smash play for Justin Fields this week Um, I think we highlighted last week he has three weeks in a row here with really good matchups as long as he doesn't dud this week I think he's locked and loaded until until the end of that stretch at least yeah see that's the thing if he if he does not have a good week it's going to be tough to trust him basically for the exactly. rest of the year because at that point you're just always going to have it in the back of your head that even with a good matchup at home he didn't play well so uh, hopefully he comes through this week if he does he'll be a good option moving forward if not uh, he's always going to be uh, you know someone that we have some skepticism around uh, the running backs in Chicago uh, have been very involved as well both of them are certainly in play uh, but until I see that snap share come a little bit closer to 50-50 in Herbert's uh, you know on Herbert's side I think Monty is clearly the guy you want. Uh, there are plenty of people who disagree with me that just because Herbert looks better, but I believe in the snap share, and I believe in the fact that Monty has you know more of the high-value touches in general. He's probably going to be the goal line guy, and he's going to be the guy on passing down. So do you disagree that you would play uh, Montgomery over Herbert, Cody? No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And for the people, like, I understand people that want to, like, hold Herbert and, like, think that maybe there's a chance that this backfield can, can turn around. But, like, the people that are, like, constantly saying, like, this is going to be the week, this is going to be the week, just wait until you see it. This Bears team has not, like, given you a, when both the guys are out there, a week where you're like, this is it now. Herbert's going to be the guy moving forward. We ha- keep having the same conversation week to week. I think Monty's the guy you want to play. Herbert's flexible, especially with six bye weeks this week, but you're not overly excited to play him. You're hoping he uh, busts a big play. And even though like they, they, I think they had similar carries last week, so when Herbert's on the field, he is getting the ball. Herbert was only on the field 28% of snaps. David Montgomery was on the field for the rest of those snaps. So he's on the field more. Again, some more broken play opportunities for David Montgomery than you're going to see for Herbert. Until I see Herbert on the field as much as Montgomery, I'm going to lean on the side of Montgomery. I just want players that are out there. I, I just, I'm, I don't understand how so like there's so many people that are so pro Herbert, even though like we just continuously see it week after week that they don't give the full workload or even close to the full workload to Herbert. So yeah, this is a uh, a very similar situation to the Dallas running backs right now. Uh, obviously, a yeah. lot of, a lot of Pollard truthers out there, but as long as Zeke is healthy and as long as Montgomery is healthy, I think they're going to be the main guys. Uh, you know, there's just politics that go on in an NFL locker room that we're never going to you know truly understand and. 
it seems like both of those guys, uh, being Elliott and Montgomery, are just you know respected players in those locker rooms, and they're not going to be you know thrown to the the back of the the burner here for these younger backs, even if they're playing better. Right. It's just their roles are secure until uh, health says otherwise. So. Um, I think we can move off Herbert. Uh, he's a he's a lower end flex option. He has a pretty low floor, but again, he's getting the work, and this is not a scary matchup. So you can you can play him if you're right. in a pinch. And then uh, sure. Darnell Mooney is also in the flex tier. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and start this conversation with: Would you rather play Khalil Herbert or Darnell Darnell Mooney in the same game, Cody? Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> um. Let me let me think about this for just a second because Miami does have a secondary that you can exploit, so it should be a plus matchup. They should be down throwing the football a little bit. Um, when I'm looking at it, and this is, I mean, yeah, this is live tell. I think I'm going to go Mooney in half and full PPR, um, and I think I'm going to lean Mooney even in non PPR. I'm just I'm not a Herbert truther if you haven't picked up on that yet. And I just think that against the secondary, and they should be at least down a touchdown the majority of the game, Mooney's going to have to have to be involved. The passing game is going to have to do something. So against a weak secondary, I'm going to slightly lean Mooney over over Herbert. I think I would agree, especially in half and uh, half and full PBR. I think in non, I might lean Herbert just because we've seen the uh, the carry volume yeah, for Chicago I don't blame be you. pretty solid, but. Uh, I you know I wouldn't blame you going Mooney. I I think the the great the game script here should set up pretty well for Darnell Mooney. Hopefully uh, again this Chicago offense comes through for me. I have a lot riding them on them this weekend. Uh, anything else on Miami Chicago? Nope, I'm all good. Keep an eye on Chase Claypool and his involvement. That's the last thing I'll say. Uh, not starting him yet, obviously, but interesting to see how he works in. Carolina at Cincinnati is our next game. Cincinnati favored by 7.5 at home, over under 42.5. Does not leave a ton for Carolina. Does not seem Vegas really buys last week against Fal- uh, against the Falcons for this offense, and I you know, I probably agree with them in that respect. But uh, I think P.J. Walker is an okay option in two QB leagues. Again, uh, we talked about this earlier, but there are not a ton of starting quarterbacks that are going to be sat this week in uh, super flex situations. I think he's one of the guys you can start. Uh, not even close to trusting him in a one quarterback setting yet, though. Uh, he's just more opening things up for the other guys on this offense than anything else for me. Yep, I'm right there with you. Like you said, 20 out of 26 NFL quarter or playing quarterbacks are going to have to be played in fantasy. I think PJ Walker fits as one of those top 20. Uh, at least for right now, and Cincinnati's defense hasn't been overly, um, you know, overly great this year. So he's a fine play for me as well. And the other two guys in the offense uh, make this pretty easy on the Carolina side. Chuba sitting makes Deontay Foreman a good start. He's in uh, probably a high-end RB2 situation. He's pretty much locked in if you have him. And then DJ Moore as well is a solid wide receiver too. As long as P.J. Walker's the starter, he's going to force-feed him a ton of targets. And in a game where you'd figure the Cincinnati Bengals are going to score some points, uh, I think DJ Moore will have a safe target volume. And the Cincinnati Bengals just lost their number one corner last year for the year to a torn ACL. Yep. That's Shadobi Awuzie. So uh, DJ Moore should have slightly less tougher sledding against this Bengals secondary, and uh, he's he's a good option. He's always got the chance to boom, as we saw last week as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did. I just wanted to pat myself on the back. Whenever, whenever PJ Walker took over for this team, I did say this was an upgrade over Baker Mayfield, and that looks like it's playing out to be true. As sad as that is for Baker Mayfield truthers, but I agree with you on the Panthers side. Walker's two QB option. Uh, Foreman and DJ Moore should be played this week for sure. And then the Bengals are a pretty easy discussion as well, especially with uh, you know no Jamar Chase, everything a little bit condensed. Uh, we're starting Joe Mixon, we're starting Joe Burrow. More of a low end starter this week. Uh, this over under doesn't not doesn't excite me too much. I think he could you know be maybe uh, slightly less necessary than most weeks for the Bengals, but uh, he's in your lineup. I'd play you know guys like Tua over him. I probably wouldn't pivot to a Justin Fields over Joe Burrow, but if he, if he's your guy, you're you're probably starting him. Don't imagine you roster a second quarterback. Um, and then, like I said, Joe Mixon were playing, T. Higgins were playing, Tyler Boyd were playing. Uh, all those guys are pretty much lineup locks, uh, especially until Chase comes back. Hayden Hurst is the only guy I think you can even have a conversation about. I'm pretty comfortable starting him. Uh, I'd play him above the, the Dawson Knoxes, Mike Kosickis, Tyler Higbees of the world, uh, but he's probably below the other guys we've talked about, like Evan Ingram, uh, Robert Tunyon, Kyle Pitts, uh, Gerald Everett, and even T.J. Hawkinson uh, with his in his first game against the uh, you know the, the commanders in Minnesota, I would put Hayden Hurst right in the middle of that category. Yeah, I, I agree with the list that you laid out there. I think I may even start Hayden Hurst over TJ Hawkinson in That's his fair. first game in, in Minnesota. But besides that, I think you have him in the right spot. I'm definitely going to put Ingram, Tanyan, and Pitts above him. But the other like tight end or bus or touchdown or bus guys that we have been mentioning, I think Hayden Hurst slots in uh, a little bit above above them. Um, Higby's interesting. I think that he's kind of right there on that same tier as Higby, but Hayden Hurst stock going up. Tyler Higby stock going down. I wouldn't mind you know putting your money on on Hayden Hurst for the weekend for sure. The TJ Hawkinson bet is uh, more of a gut call. I just think if they get into a situation where it's you know second and goal on the two or the three, they're gonna do that classic play Kirk Cousins loves to run, uh, which is the fake handoff to Dalvin Cook. Everyone commits, and then the wide open tight end on the backside is TJ Hawkinson yep. in his first game. You don't really have to, you know. There's not a ton of nuance to a playbook with uh, that sort of play. So I think I think he, I think Hawkinson could find himself an easy touchdown, and Minnesota might just want to give him one to sort of get him integrated with the team. And uh, I, that's a little narrativey, but I think that could play itself out on Sunday. Hey, you didn't get a lot of these in Detroit. Here's one in your first game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind. I, I think Hawkinson's still a fine play this week if you're if he's your locked and loaded guy. I just little bit concerned in the first game, but like you said, if they get in a situation in the red zone, especially inside the five, I'm sure they're going to have a play uh, drawn up for the new guy that the defense won't necessarily be expecting. So uh, don't mind that. Packers at Lions is our next game. Another pretty juicy one for fantasy purposes. Uh, Green Bay favored by three and a half on the road. Uh, Over under is 49 and a half in this one. We like that quite a bit. Uh, for Green Bay, this is a start. This is if there's ever a week to start Aaron Rodgers, it's this one. Uh, if he can't come through with a big performance, I think we just kind of have to realize that his ceiling is pretty much gone at this point with this current uh, version of the Packers. So hopefully Aaron Rodgers can come through and you know get to a three touchdown game here, but we shall see. If he doesn't, uh, basically the rest of the year we're just going to know that his ceiling is uh, fairly capped for fantasy purposes. Uh, Aaron Jones is certainly in your lineup. I think A.J. Dillon might even be in play here. Uh, he's a scary play for sure, but uh, I could see them you know, leaning on the run in the second half if they take a lead, and this is a pretty weak defense to do that against, so a touchdown could be in the cards for A.J. Dillon. I'd probably play him over uh, some of the other guys we've talked about, like uh, 
you know, those Atlanta guys, if uh, there's no Patterson, I think I'd play Dylan over them. Uh, the, you know, the Jets running backs, oh, I'd certainly play Dylan over them. I think them. that's a, that's, if you're going over the Atlanta guys, I think that's a pretty high line right there. I think I'd go Algier above them, and then I think he'd be kind of right there with Caleb Huntley. So, but if you have that much faith in them, I think that kind of just says it right there because I think we were pretty high on those guys considering the other iffy backfield situations like New York and, and Washington. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you have one of those guys, I'm okay with starting Dylan over them as well. This is another week for Dylan. If he if he does not come through with any sort of a meaningful game, you can go ahead and just drop him in any sort of redraft situation uh, unless, you know, you have Aaron Jones and just want him as a handcuff because that is his only value. Because, yeah, if he doesn't come through this week, he's not going to come through for you in basically any matchup or you're not going to have any confidence that he will anyway. So it, that's really all that matters. Uh, on the wide receivers, we're looking at Dobbs and Lazard here. Obviously, Lazard is, uh, you know, has the injury concern, so just keep an eye on whether he is in the lineup or not. But I think you can start both of them. He will not... be a game time decision as well. That's, they came out and said that today. I was going to say so it that's, seems that's like nice. based on the, uh, you know, the way that injury has gone, that that sort of uh, was the way this was trending. So hopefully he's for in sure. there for Lazard owners. Uh, I think you can start both of them. This Detroit secondary gives it up, and uh, again, this over under is pretty high. So I think both teams could end up. You know, putting up some points here, and these guys should be pretty necessary. Uh, hopefully the Packers can get it going on offense, but both of these guys are probably in that low-end wide receiver two category along with the uh, the Christian Kirks and the Josh Palmers of the world. I'd probably start both of those guys over uh, these two, but both of these two are very fine plays this week, especially with all the buys. And then we've already kind of – go ahead. You want to add something on the Packers receivers? No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Sorry. I was going to let you hit Tanyan and then basically just agree down the board on Green Bay with you. So. Yeah. Uh, Tanyan, we've already kind of hashed out where he falls in the, the streaming category of tight ends. He's a very solid play this week. I have him above uh, the Evan Ingrams of the world, but below the, the Kyle Pitts and uh, Gerald Everts. So uh, he's you know right around that seven or eight range in tight ends. He's uh, probably in your lineup, especially if you have somebody on by. Yeah, he should be for sure. Detroit uh, is a relatively easy discussion as well. Uh, Jared Goff in a tough matchup. I'm not looking his way unless it's a super flex situation. Uh, the game script should be good, as it always is for Detroit, because their defense loves to give up points. But um, I am not going to trust Goff in a one-quarterback situation. We've already mentioned that we have uh, quite a few streamers this week that we like. So I uh, would be hard-pressed to pivot to Goff unless it's super flex. Um, the running backs are a slightly more interesting discussion, but we've kind of already laid out the DeAndre Swift part of things. Uh, obviously, uh, you're avoiding him if you can. It's going to be very tough to do that this week. I'd probably even pivot to guys like A.J. Dillon and uh, you know those Atlanta guys over Swift. But uh, if you got to play him, I, I don't blame you. He has a ton of talent. He could easily break a big play, but you know his, his opportunities are going to be very limited in this game. And then Jamal Williams is a, a very good start this week. I'd put him solidly in the RB2 tier. You know, uh, even if Swift is in there, he's going to get his. And against his old team, I could easily see the Lions, uh, you know, smashing him at the goal line three times in a row to make sure he gets a touchdown. So uh, Jamal Williams should have plenty of work, and he is uh, certainly in the, the RB2 tier for me. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is a smash play as well. Obviously, no more Hawkinson. Uh, all the other guys are pretty banged up. No DJ Chark. Josh Reynolds has about three injuries on his body right now, so uh, we're not you know, too worried about him. Amon Ross St. Brown should have a ton of opportunity in a game, uh, again, that the Detroit Lions are going to have to score some points, you would figure. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I'm not trying to guess between the auxiliary options, the Josh Reynolds and the Khalif Raymonds. Uh, do you have anything to add on Detroit, Cody? 
No, I think it's good that we just highlight those names with the buys and such. If you if you have a Josh Reynolds or a Khalif Raymond on on your waiver wire and you need a, a desperation play, they should be the second receiving option in this offense. I don't know how good that is for you, but uh, desperation option. So it's good that we that we at least mention them. But besides that, Detroit's super simple for me. Golf, I have him listed as a as a low end streamer. He's the last guy I have in that category. I'd avoid him at almost any circumstance. And then you you got it nailed correctly with the running backs. So Jamal is the smash play, and Swift is scary. Um, you hope to see a little bit of an uptick in work, but it's not sounding good coming out of out of what we're hearing in in press conferences and and everything. So I, I would also try and pivot off Swift. Um, luckily, he is a big play kind of guy, and he can you know catch the ball out of the backfield so he may be able to save you in a ppr format but um yeah it's tough it's tough to move him out of your starting lineup when he's playing but i think he may have to do it this week if you're in a if you're in a matchup where you're going to need some points to win because swift could dud not dud not zero not goose you but he could he could give you a dud for sure I haven't seen any Jamison Williams updates lately, but especially with TJ Hawkinson moving on at the deadline, uh, I think you want to make sure he is rostered in, uh, unless you're in a, you know, a shallower league. If you're in any sort of deep league situation, 12 plus teams, go ahead and make sure he's out there, especially if you have an IR spot, um, because I think he could factor into this offense pretty heavily as soon as he comes back. If he's, uh, you know, healthy and playing a full snap share, they, they really need somebody on the outside to help take some pressure off St. Brown. So we'll see if he ends up uh, factoring in the back half of this year. But, Cody, you can go ahead and my take team, it away. All right. Yeah, my team needs uh, my team needs him. So if <laughs> yeah. he wants to come back next week or whenever, please do. I will uh, be more than happy to put you in my starting lineup that currently has Gus Edwards in it right now. So, <laughs> all right. Minnesota at Washington. Minnesota favored by three. Uh, over under 43 and a half. Uh, we'll start here on the Minnesota side. Quarterback Kirk Cousins. Um, I definitely like some options more than him, but he is streamable and startable um, in just about every league. I've, I just a couple name or just really one name that I think is available in most leagues. That's early should be maybe not anymore. But Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, I'll go Rodgers actually in that matchup. I just like the uh, you know the potential game script in that one a little bit more. The over under here only forty three and a half. Uh, I'll take Rodgers against Detroit. Yep, and then I can't remember if I asked you this earlier, Kirk or Tom Brady? I would go Kirk in that one. Uh, again, this Washington okay. defense doesn't scare you, and Kirk's been pretty solid so far. Uh, had a, has had a higher floor than Tom Brady most weeks. Okay, and then one more since you answered it that way. Kirk or Trevor Lawrence? Interesting call. I think I would not go that low uh, if I had Kirk Cousins as my starter. I'd stick with him, but uh, if I had rankings, they would probably be pretty close to back-to-back, so I wouldn't blame you if you went Yeah, Lawrence. for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you already have Kirk on your roster, there's no reason to to potentially drop an asset to add Lawrence to play. Exactly. That's that's true. Yeah. Running back Dalvin Cook, you're playing him. Um, also, it just double check, make sure Madison is rostered um, as we come down the stretch of the season. You want to make sure all those backup running backs are uh, rostered, and if you can move someone to the IR and pick them up, do so. Just good fantasy football knowledge there for you. Uh, wide receiver room: Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, you're obviously playing him every week. And then Adam Thielen should be a wide receiver two to three with a decent matchup. Um, He's been averaging eight targets a game since week two. And the Commanders are 30th against passing uh, or against the passing game, 30th best pass 
defense in the NFL, if that sounds right. Uh, but all I'm trying to say here is if you have Thielen, obviously the bye apocalypse is happening. you got to have players to play. He should definitely be in your lineup um, over some of those lower-end options that we've been discussing. And then last but not least, the guy, TJ Hawkinson, first game with the Vikings. Um, I, again, I think that there are some players that we're, we are definitely comfortable playing over Hawkinson with it being his first game. But, um, you know, if he's your locked and loaded guy, same thing kind of with Kirk Cousins. If if you don't, if you have a, a good team, I don't think it's worth dropping an asset to go pick up a, a replacement from for TJ Hawkinson. I would just write it out and, and let the game play out as it will. Yeah, I agree on all the the Vikings options. They're pretty easy this week. Uh, you're starting Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen, Hawkinson. Uh, if you need to pivot off of him this week, and you have a you know a Gerald Everett or somebody that's a definite better option, I have no, I have no problem with it. But I, I would not be dropping someone to pick up uh, one of the streamers. Yep, for sure. And then on the Washington side, Taylor Heineke. He's a QB two option in superflex leagues. Um, Kind of have him very similar to Andy Dalton. I don't think I'm really wanting to look his way in a one QB league. I think there's plenty of other options. Um, so I don't think that he should be on your radar there. Uh, running back room. Now, this is where it gets a little bit dicey. Um, now, this should be a negative game script for the Commanders. Um, and I, I can't recommend that you play Brian Robinson. Um, he, I think you would have to get into the end zone to really save your week. So I, I just see... I have Brian Robinson for me has bust written all over him. I I cannot play him this week in this matchup. Um, And as long as McKissick is out, I would be okay with starting Antonio Gibson. Um, But that is again, if McKissick is out, if he's in, he's the pouncing or (laughs) he is the passing downs back. And if all three are active, I think all three should be benched for fantasy. Um, Nick, I, I'll kind of let you. I'll cut it off here and just kind of get your input there on those running backs. I actually like Antonio Gibson quite a bit this week. Uh, and JD McKissick was officially ruled out, so he will not play in this one. All right, um, then I'm in on the Gibson train this weekend as well. Yeah, he should sure. see at least four or five targets uh, with potential for more now that uh, now that McKissick is out. So hopefully, a little bit of a condensation of these running back snaps helps uh, helps these guys out, and Gibson will have the high value touches. Robinson probably the goal line guy, but Gibson obviously the third down guy, and they're not afraid to use him in the red zone either. He's scored a couple touchdowns the past few weeks. So I don't mind Gibson. If they're in a negative game script like you would expect, then he should be actually a pretty solid play. I'd play him over those Atlanta guys we talked about earlier, play him over the Jets guys. Um, yeah. I would play him over, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert, some of those more back-end flexi type options. What about options. Cordero Patterson? Oh, if, if Cordero Patterson plays, you're going Patterson over I am, for sure. I am trusting in Patterson to be the guy once okay. he comes back healthy. So, yeah, I mean, Gibson, that's a little bit too low for me uh, for Gibson. But I, I think he, you know, he's in that high high 20s, I guess low 20s, however you want to look at it. I would I would call right, him just you, yeah. outside the top 20 running backs this week uh, with McKissick out, especially in half and uh, full DBR situations. Yeah. And then the wide receiver room here, I love McLaurin this week. Uh, Heineke hyper-targets him. And the Vikings have not been very good against teams' number one wide receiver options. Uh, you typically see the opposite of that, where if a team has an elite corner, they'll shut down the number one option on a team. The Vikings just give it up to the team's best option. So McLaurin's a smash play. Um, and the second note here, Samuel I have some concerns about. Consistently puts up about 10 points in PPR, so there are worse options. Just my thing with Samuel is he does have a ceiling. It's been roughly 
10, 12, 15 points. If he gets in the end zone, he may get to that 16 to 18 range, but that's about what we've, about what we've seen him capped at. Um, but if you're in a full PPR league and you just need someone to go out there and put you up 10 to 12 points, I think Samuel could be that guy for you. Just not super excited to play him. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd be playing him over the the tier of guys we've talked about. Uh, you know, the Boomer Bus guys, the Darnell Moonies, the Drake Londons, the Garrett Wilsons. I'd play him over those guys, but he'd be behind uh, the rest of the sort of you know borderline options we've talked about: Josh Palmer, Romeo Dobbs, Al Alan For Lazard, sure. Adam Thielen. All those guys I would play over Curtis Samuel. And then yeah, Terry McLaurin. He's in your lineup. He's uh, he's in that DJ Moore category where he's going to get ten to twelve targets. Might not be the best quarterback throwing him the ball, but the matchup does not scare you. And uh, he's looked pretty good the past few weeks. That catch against Indianapolis uh, last week to basically win them the game was one of the best of the year. So. Good to see Terry McLaurin playing well again. I just, I've, I've always really liked the player and the human. He seems like a decent guy. So, good to see their connection. Yep. Uh, you know, Heineke and his connection continuing on this year. Yep. And then I'm out on Logan Thomas. Do you have any encouraging words for him, or there's better options? Just move on. Yeah. Until we see it uh, consistently for a couple of weeks, you can't look his way. We've already mentioned plenty of other tight end streamers, and I would take any for one sure. of them over him. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, Seattle at Arizona. Make sure I am getting the time here. Uh, we did not plug this in in the beginning, but if you are looking for any specific matchups, just uh, look in the description of the podcast. We have all the times laid out there. Sorry we didn't say that earlier. Seattle at Arizona. Rematch of the week six dud of these two teams. Uh, Arizona favored by two. Over under 49 and a half. Seattle five and three. Seattle first in the NFC West. Uh, again, just like everybody was expecting, we'll start here with their quarterback, Geno Smith. Uh, maintains to be a streaming option with solid play, and he has a solid matchup against Arizona. Uh, Buda Baker um, is questionable, as well as Byron Murphy. Um, if Buda Baker were to were to go out, I think that bumps up Geno just a little bit in the streaming tiers. Uh, it would just be nice to. Uh, um, or it would just Buda Baker is just a, a defensive changer for the Cardinals. Absolutely. So if he's out, I think all these offensive pieces get a little bit of a bump up just in general. And then also if Byron Murphy were to also miss, I think Geno's a smash play um, against what is the rest of a pretty weak Cardinals defense. They just have some really good players individually. Kenneth Walker must start. Uh, he is really coming to his own. I know kind of a down week last week, but you're not benching him, especially with the bye apocalypse. Wide receiver room, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, with with six teams on by, and really, I mean, almost just about every week now, these guys are are in your starting lineup. I know we were kind of concerned about Tyler Lockett, but he's kind of become more consistent with Geno Smith than we ever have seen with Russell Wilson. So um, I have him in a league. I'm actually looking at trading him for an upgrade, but as long as he's on my roster, he's in my starting lineup, I think. Um and then, again, with that Byron Murphy injury, if he were to be downgraded to out, then you know DK Metcalf just gets a little bit of a bump up, but you're not benching him over the matchup. Um, do you have anything? I guess I'll knock out the tight end as well. I don't, I don't want to start any of their tight end options as on a regular fantasy football league, but both Will Disley and Noah Fant deserve to be uh, Nate, or just thrown out there for DFS options. They're super cheap. If you like daily fantasy, they're just – an option that may be able to get in the end zone this week that's not going to cost you really anything. Yeah, I think Walker, Metcalf, and Lockett are certainly in your lineups. Then Geno Smith is in that streaming tier. I'd probably play him over, uh, you know, the Tom Brady's and the, yep. you know, Derek Carr's that we've already talked about. Uh, would you play him or Trevor Lawrence? I think that's kind of an interesting discussion. Um, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a little bit of a contingency on this because I think it makes a pretty big deal. If Buda Baker's out, I'd go Geno Smith. If Buda Baker's in, I think I'd lean towards Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm gonna go Geno either way. I just I really like the way he's played this year, and this over under of 49 and a half is a uh, a juicy one. I'm. I'm pretty interested. I, I was surprised to see it that high, especially after, like you said, it, uh, this game dudded pretty hard uh, just a couple weeks ago with the same matchup. So Vegas does not believe that you know that is what we should expect here. At 49 and a half is a pretty healthy total. So if that comes to fruition, Geno should be a very solid play. For sure. And then on the Arizona side, a um, little bit of discussion here. Kyler Murray, you're definitely starting. I think he's coming off a week where he was the QB one or was that two weeks ago i can't remember but he's coming off a really solid weeks back to back so he's in your starting lineup um james connor so this is where i think it becomes this is really where a conversation has to be had because if he's out i think Eno becomes a pretty solid rb2 option if james connor plays i would want to sit both options both james connor and dino um if you're in a pinch i would understand starting james connor just if you don't have another option and you got to move him off your IR and drop someone else and all this other stuff. Like, I get it, but if Connor plays, I don't want either of these two uh, running backs. And if Connor's out, I'd play, you know, with, with more confidence. Yeah, obviously, if he knows uh, if he knows the guy, he's a fine option in a game. Uh, obviously, that he did not play very well in a few weeks ago, but he's just going to get too much work to ignore, uh, especially with all these buys. Uh, I think I would uh, go with Connor and be comfortable you know, starting him with, um, again, all of the options that are banged up and on by this week. It's going to be really hard to avoid a guy that's probably going to get as much work as James Conner will. So if he's in there, I'm fine playing him. But like you said, he's going to be a game-down decision for a 3 o'clock game. So you have to have a decent contingency plan or you have to just pivot off of him completely. For example, uh, I have a league where James Conner is my RB2. I have Antonio Gibson on my bench. I'm probably going to just go ahead and pivot to Antonio Gibson uh, because he plays in the 12 o'clock slate unless I hear something about James Conner being very likely to play. Uh, so that's the type of decision you're going to have to make, maybe pivoting to a slightly lower tier option just to make sure you have uh, somebody in there. So if you've got a good option that you can replace uh, James Conner with, you can go ahead and keep him in your lineup, but just know that you might end up with a zero if you don't have one. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I'm going to have to fact check this. I haven't yet, so don't hold it against me, but I'm pretty sure I heard earlier today James Conner has been questionable uh, for 22 straight or limited at 22 straight practices. Uh, that so right. He is, yeah, he is on a uh, a long stretch here, and he is a guy who has been day to day game time decision. Like looks like he's gonna play, game comes he doesn't. Looks like he's gonna play, game comes he doesn't. So it, definitely have to have that contingency plan. Um, Nick, I think if James Conner does play this week, it's not going to go fully Conner's way. I think it's not going to be 50 50. Conner will probably get a little bit more, but. Um, you know, Eno's probably still going to get worked in a little bit. So I would also play Gibson over Connor, even if Connor does play. Um, now, if I hear, if I get a practice, if I get a report or something that says Connor's looking good, he's ready to roll, like he's going to be that guy again, I would play Connor. But I don't think you're going to get that report before Sunday. So I, I'm waiting on him until I see him out there. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think with the, the wave eyes are right now, if you got to go with Connor, you yep. got to go with Connor, but just make sure you have a backup option. For sure. Cool. The running back room here, Hopkins, smash play, coming right into just a dominant wide receiver role. Um, Rondale Moore, I have him as like a wide receiver three range this week. Uh, I'm going to kind of skip a couple of these names here because I think you're playing Palmer over Moore for sure now that uh, 
Um, Keenan Allen's out. Keenan Allen, thank you, is out. Uh, Romeo Dobbs or Rondale Moore? Um, I'm sorry, that's spelled really incorrectly. <laughs> I'm talking these notes up fast. Uh, <laughs> um, I, and this one also becomes a little bit skewed now that we've gotten some more news. I think I would go Dubs or Dobbs over Moore, especially with the uh, the plus matchup and the iffy Allen Lazard situation. Um, but kind of similar here. Would you go Adam Thielen or Rondale Moore? Um, that's a good one. I think this is just going to depend on format for me. I think at full PPR, uh, I'm going to go Rondale Moore over both Thielen and Dubs. If it's half, I'll go, uh, half or none, I'll go Dobbs and Thielen over Moore. I just think that you're going to get a guaranteed seven, eight looks for Rondale. They're generally very close to the line of scrimmage. So not always a ton of upside for him, especially in formats that don't reward you for catching the ball. But, um, you know, he's going to be a guy that will get his guaranteed looks and will catch those guaranteed looks because they're always very close to the line of scrimmage. So full PPR situation, I like him quite a bit more than I do in half and not. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I have him kind of similar to there. I may consider – I may have uh, Dobbs above more just because I like that matchup against Detroit, and they should be able to exploit it. Again, should. so. Uh, but this is a really good matchup for the Cardinals as well. Tight end, Zach Ertz, you're starting him. He's definitely in that starting starting tier of tight end. Los Angeles Rams at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay favored by three, over under a whopping 42.5, just like everyone was expecting Yuck. for these two, ta- two teams coming in to the season. Um, I, I do want to start this off with a non-fantasy football narrative real quick. Do you think if either of these two teams lose this week that they're they're done for the season? Like they, I mean, they're both. Are they both three and five right now? As we, as they said, I think the Rams are three and four because they've already had their bye. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay's three and five, so I, I think the Rams will be in real, real trouble if they lose this game uh, at three and five with uh, obviously San Francisco having a game above them and just probably being a better team at this point, having both of the, yep. you know, both the wins and the tiebreaker as well. And then Seattle uh, quite a bit ahead of them at this point as well. So the Rams will be in trouble. Tampa Bay, I still think can bounce back after this because their division is just so bad. And exactly, you know, Atlanta might be winning it at four and five after this week. So they'd still only be a game back at three and six. Yeah. I watch a lot of cable TV throughout the day while I'm working from home doing my, you know, accounting job. And that's like been a narrative all week that they've just been riding so hard is this, this game means the most to both these teams. And I was like, I don't know, Tampa Bay could lose this game and I could still see them winning their division pretty easily, like comfortably. So like, I was like, this is like, this is like clickbaity TV stuff right now. I was like, what is going on? There's no way you actually think that Tampa Bay is in real trouble against Atlanta if they lose this week. Yeah, I think. But I Tampa, thought that was funny. I just Tampa that was more of a me eight thing, wins. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just yeah, it's exactly. all about the situation. So, for sure. All right, back to the fantasy side of things for you guys. Uh, we'll start here on the Rams side. Quarterback Matthew Stafford. It, it's hard to recommend him, um, even in a super flex league. He just has no rushing upside. The the pass rush for Tampa Bay is solid. The offensive line's terrible. I. All the streaming options we have mentioned at quarterback, I have over Matt Stafford. You know, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, um, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. I would even go like Matt Marcus Mariota. So if you're still planning on starting Stafford, go look at your waiver wire. There's a better option out there for you. Um, do you agree with that on Stafford? I feel like that's pretty easy. I may just be, I may be a little hard on it, but yeah, he's only a super flex option for me. Not even thinking about him in one quarterback. For sure. Running backs here, uh, let's just list all the names. Ronnie Rivers, Kyron Williams, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. Ugh. 
Uh, yeah, I guess rest of season, which is, I know this is a week nine pod, but rest of season, I would want Kyron Williams just for the breakout potential. But yep. like behind that offensive line, do we really think it's going to happen? Like, nope. probably not. So, um, he, again, he's probably the only one I'd even want out of these guys. Um, I think if you, if you are in a pinch and you had to play Daryl Henderson, He's fine. He's just a super low-end option, in my opinion. You know, Kyron Williams may actually play this week. Cam Akers it did not get traded, and he's back at practice, so he's going to get worked in somewhat. So I would love to avoid this backfield. Um, but, I, again, I think Henderson's the guy I would play this week out of all the options there. I think I would play a backup Alexander Madison over any one of these guys, if that tells you anything. That's yeah. I again, I, I agree with you there. I, 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 Madison, I may have a little bit of you know iffiness, but I, I don't blame you. Like that's where all these guys should be labeled as. I just I felt weird almost putting no startable options for him, so I included Henderson, but very low end uh, wide receiver. The best player in fantasy football, Cooper Cup. He's in. He's playing. You're playing him. No questions there. Um, Allen Robinson, I only had him as a considerable option if Cup sits. And, and here is some of my reasoning why. Um, in I think every league except for the one that Nick and I are in, which I would say is relatively deep compared to most, uh, Allen Robinson's on the waiver wire. So I don't even really think he's in most people on most people's radar. If you have the stones to play him and hope he gets in the end zone, I I understand that, but I'd be looking. It's probably hard to make a pivot off him now if you committed to Robinson, but he probably shouldn't be rostered in the majority of leagues, um, unless you're just really hoping for a breakout. But I'm just I'm soured on these Rams guys outside of Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Yeah, I'm not really even considering looking Robinson's way. Uh, he'd be below basically every single wide receiver that we've talked about so far other than guys like Alec Pierce, uh, Josh Reynolds, you know, maybe a Miko Hardman, yeah. uh, Khalif Raymond, those type of guys. I, I would play Robinson over them, but anybody else, Say Jones, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Darnell Mooney, Rondell Moore, all those guys were playing over Robinson. Yep, and then uh, tight end Tyler Higby uh, coming back to earth quite a bit. Obviously, it was the PPR machine for the first couple weeks of the year. Uh, I think coming off of a game where he maybe only scored two points, uh, or yeah, he had a game within the last three weeks he only scored two points or something like that. And I was looking earlier, so definitely stock going pretty far down. Um, I, he's definitely moved back into the streaming options for me. Um, and I feel like we've done a pretty good job at highlighting where we see most of our tight ends. I think we put him uh, kind of right in that same tier as Hayden Hurst, I believe. So I think that's that's right where we have him at. Yeah, above the Knoxes and Gasickis and Conklins of the world, but below basically all the other guys we talked about, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, yep. TJ Hawkinson, Taysom Hill, Robert Tunyon, yep. Taysom Hill. Yep, all those guys. For sure. All right, Tampa Bay time here. Quarterback Tom Brady. Um, I, I like Brady over Stafford if you're contemplating that situation, but we've already talked a lot about quarterbacks um, as we kind of do throughout the show. I'd play Lawrence over both the guys in the matchup as we've already highlighted as well. Uh, running back Leonard Fournette. Approximately 2.4 yards per carry since week one, Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm not in any PPR, any non-PPR leagues, but non-PPR Lenny has to be just a complete disaster because the only reason he still has value in most fantasy leagues is his passing capabilities. Um, 
But I do also want to point out that this isn't a Leonard Fournette thing. This is an offensive line thing because Rashad White and his opportunities averages three yards per carry, which is a little bit of a jump, but it's not a considerable jump. It's You can definitely tell the issue is the offensive line, not necessarily Fournette. Um, still an RB2 option for me with all the buys and everything, but the offensive line's terrible. This team cannot get the ball into the end zone and the red zone. So for me, Leonard Fournette just is a couple notches down where um, – I think probably the majority of people will still see him as, but um, uh, where do you see? I have a I have a specific question in regards to Leonard Fournette. I'll get into, but what's your overall opinion on Fournette? Yeah, definitely uh, downgraded from where we had him earlier in the year. Uh, in any non PBR situation, it's going to be tough to recommend him. Uh, it's going to be really hard to avoid him completely, obviously with the uh, in all the buys and such. But uh, yeah, I'm not confident in Fournette unless it's a full PPR, and uh, I'd probably put him in the same tier as like a David Montgomery right now, uh, basically in you know a general sense. So I think that's sort yeah, of the starting good. tier that you're looking at with uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's not. That's. I think you're right there. That's a good spot to put him at. So this is my specific question I have over Leonard Fournette. It's a trade question. Uh, this is a league. I'm currently three and five. I have a solid roster, um, and it's a super flex league. I've had. I just had some bad luck. Um, but this is where it gets a little bit tricky. I'm playing the guy that I would be trading with this week. So I would be trading away CMC. Obviously on buy is not going to do anything for me this week. And I'm in buy hell in this league. Like I should have played, I should have prepared way better than I did for this week. Um, so I would be trading away Christian McCaffrey. In return, I would get Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Hopkins, and Dak Prescott again in a super flex league. Uh, my quarterback situation is currently Russ and Trevor Lawrence, so that's where Dak would be in there. But what do you do? You think that's like should I? And again, I'm playing this guy this week, so I'm going to be taking two starters off his lineup, putting them straight into mine. It's going to give me a chance to get to four and five and back into playoff contention. That's the way I'm thinking about the trade. Um, do you think that that's fair on my end? Do you think I'm getting enough for CMC? Yeah, that's quite a bit of value in a super flex league. Dak Prescott is a pretty elite asset. In this guy's a loaded quarterback, at quarterback so, so um, this yeah, guy has I mean, a loaded roster. I don't even know how he got. I'm this hard pressed to ever, <laughs> hard pressed to ever recommend trading CMC. But that's a that's a pretty big haul, and especially a league where you're three and five, you need wins now. CMC obviously is not going to help you this week, so I would go ahead and make that no. deal. That's a that's a pretty and big I'm deal. playing him this week, so I would take away Fournette right. and D Hop off his roster and immediately put those two guys into mine. So I was thinking the same thing i thought that just with the circumstance and you know like worst case scenario if it ends up blowing up on me and and someone gets hurt or cmc just goes nuts for the rest of the year i'm if i lose this week i'm almost starting to lose my chances at the playoffs so cool i'm glad i'm I'm glad that i got some affirmation i'm about to hit accept now (laughs) all right wide receivers here chris godwin mike evans yardage monsters and ppr monsters somewhat as well um I mean, for both these guys, they're, they're high-end wide receiver twos, low-end wide receiver ones. Uh, the, the red zone issues are definitely holding down these guys' ceilings quite a bit, but I, there has to be some positive TD regression coming their way, at least a little bit. Um, both smash starts, and I think they both have really high ceilings if this team can get some red, zones, uh, red zone plays figured out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, and, I don't think there's any way you're sitting either, either one of these guys this week. Yeah. For sure. I don't know why I paused there for extra long. Like, you were going to give me some <laughs> some real anti-Godwin or Evans. Sorry, I was actually just looking up some injury updates right now just because I saw some no. of them through. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely All playing good. Godwin and Evans, no question. A- absolutely. Tight end, Kate Otten. Um, again, for me, he's just an extremely low option. I don't plan to try and play him at any point in the season. 
Um, similar to Allen Robinson for me, if you want to have the stones to stream them, go ahead. But, um, you know, my 10 seconds of ranting isn't going to stop you if you were already locked and loaded on Kate Otten. So it is what it is there. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you don't have much add to add there. Are you, nah, are you very high pro Kayon? Other yeah, streaming I'd, options we like better. For sure. Tennessee at Kansas City. My Chiefs favored by 12.5, over under 45.5. Uh, just overall game aspect here with the spread being that big, that really leads me to believe that Tannehill is going to be out and Willis will be starting. So it's leading to Tennessee quarterback you're not really going to look at starting willis um even in two qb leagues i think willis falls into those six quarterbacks you're not really wanting to play yeah uh running back derrick henry um it doesn't it doesn't matter um that this team is probably going to be terrible on sunday night football derrick henry is going to be a smash play the chiefs defense has been better than it was last year but the quality of running back that they have played so far this year has not been the best I think Derrick Henry is going to come in and do what he does to the Chiefs every single time. 30-something carries. They're going to try and keep the ball away from Mahomes, and they are just going to run the clock out as much as possible with Henry. Um, A pro-Henry rant for a guy that obviously you're playing. But in the the wide receiver room, uh, if Tannehill was playing, I'd consider Robert Woods as a flex option with the bye apocalypse this week. But with Willis playing, I'm avoiding all options. And I just want to throw out there, make sure Burks is rostered. He has been on IR. Um, I haven't seen any news about him coming back. I, actually, the last bit of news I did see was negative. But this team needs him. They're a playoff team as of right now. They want to get him back, get him involved before they get to the playoffs. He may have some late-season uh, fantasy value if he's out there. And then you're obviously not looking at the tight end position with Willis playing. Yeah, I like that point on Burks. I think he's similar to the you know the Jamison Williams point we made earlier. Could be very necessary to this team later in the year. But uh, yeah, Tennessee's easy. It's Derrick Henry and it's no one else. Yep, for sure. All right, Kansas City side, a little bit more conversation here. We'll start with Mahomes. You're playing him, no question about it. Now the running back room here, um, Pacheco has been listed as the starter. So I take for that what you want. I think it's going to be pretty well split. Uh, I think out of... Pacheco, CEH, and McKinnon, I would play Pacheco with the most confidence. Uh, That's not saying a lot because it's hard to have confidence in a three-headed running back room, especially for a team that doesn't run the football very much. Even in games that they're up, they they would rather throw screens than run the football, if we're being completely honest. Now, if that's to the running back, it's where I think CEH may get some involvement, maybe a flexible option in a PPR league. Um, And then you also just kind of have to hope a TD goes his way, but... For me, I'd start Pacheco in all formats. CEH is a flexible option in half and full PPR. Again, low, I think I'm. Uh, I hate saying this because I was so so excited for CEH at the beginning of the year, but I think he's just a low end flex option. Pacheco's probably, a, you know, a low end RB two to a high end flex option for me. Uh, go ahead, let me hear it. I know you're gonna poo poo CEH, but let's let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, just uh, it's tough. Like you said, three-way split, not a huge pie uh, for the rushing side of Kansas City's offense uh, to split to begin with. So you're looking at seven to eight touches probably for both these guys. Um, and, you know, McKinnon's going to factor in as well. So one of these guys goes down and it becomes a two-headed backfield. We can start to, uh, you know, consider them a little bit more. But probably staying away, if I can, from all three of them because I'm not trying to guess who scores the touchdown. You know, I'd be playing a lot of the uh, auxiliary options we've already talked about over them. A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert, 
Uh, Tyler Algier, if there's no Patterson, uh, Michael Carter, all those guys I would play over uh, any one of the Kansas City running back options. I'd have Pacheco somewhere in there. Um, I think he's going to be the main guy. And even though I did say they don't like to run the ball, I think they're going to be in a a pro running game script. And he's he has been the running back. If they're going to try and run the clock out, it's with Pacheco. So he may get some late work and, and maybe a touchdown. But um, I, I kind of have him in the middle of those running backs. And then, like I said, CEH is a desperation flex, and McKinnon's just uh, a, th- a third back in this cog. So nothing there. Wide receiver room, a little bit uh, interesting here. I'd imagine they have some plays for Tony uh, scripted up, but – I'm, I want to wait and see with him. Yeah, if you have no the way. stones to put him out there as a flex, good for you. But there, no there's a chance way. he just absolutely – there's a high chance he absolutely does. You're really just hoping they have a script, a game plan – or not a game plan, a play scripted up to get Tony in the end zone if you're playing him. And then um, uh, Juju is a guy I would want to play this week. I am a little bit concerned uh, that he may bust. He's only had five targets two weeks ago that did bump up to eight targets last week. And in both those games, he's had solid performances. My issue with Juju just comes down to he's not like an overly high volume guy. It's just over the last two games as a guy who watches every second, every time Juju has caught the ball, he's had space to run, whether that's the way that they're designing the place for him or whatnot, but he is making the most out of every opportunity. If he continues to do that, he'll be good for fantasy. He should be played in my opinion. But if he doesn't and, and they are covering him better than he has been, he does have somewhat of a bust potential, but he'd be the guy I want to play. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've been kind of out on all of these uh, Chiefs options uh, other than Travis Kelsey this whole year because uh, basically you know, we, we've, we've listed seven guys that could potentially be you know, considered, <laughs> and that kind of says everything that you need to know. I mean, yeah. that's just a lot of people to split this pie between. Uh, I think Juju's a fine play. I'd probably play him over the, you know, those boom bust guys we mentioned earlier, the Darnell Moonies, yep. Drake London's, Garrett Wilson's, but he'd probably be behind the rest of the guys that are going to have some more guaranteed productions, the Josh Palmers. I'd probably even put Rondale Moore over him, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, even a Curtis Samuel. I would probably play over Juju. I just, uh, I don't love, you know, the the potential for him to come out, get three targets and, you know, catch two of them for 10 yards. And then, uh, you know, Tony, MBS, and Mecole have big games, or you know, two of those guys have big games. It's all Kelsey. It's just there's a lot of ways this could go in Kansas City. There's yeah. too many options for me to be confident recommending any of them besides, uh, you know, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yep, I, I, I agree with the sentiment of what you said. I do just want to point out this is one of the best offenses in the NFL. So if I want to have fantasy pieces for them that I can recommend, and it's hard to right now with all the options there are, but for me, out of the running back room, rest of season, Pacheco would be the guy that I want and just hope that he kind of morphs into more of a just getting more and more work. And then in the wide receiver room, uh, Juju would all be the guy that I want there. Tony's a good stash piece. But, yeah, it's tough because you're right. Juju, I, I'm going to recommend playing him this week just based off prior performance the past couple weeks. But you're right. If he's not wide out in the open and can't run for 30 yards after the catch, then, yeah, he could have you know three catches for 24 yards. And it's a complete dud. So it's tough, but it's – it sucks as a Chiefs fan on a podcast not being able to recommend some of the guys that you root for every weekend because 
it yeah i don't know it just kind of sucks that way but i guess you kind of understand that with the broncos side of things too so we we can share that together I travis kelsey plugging that in there when they're on their bias i, I was rambling week of not being i was able, rambling not way to too long broncos, but thank you i appreciate that yeah i was rambling way too long with absolutely no fucking point at the end of that so and <laughs> <laughs> to throw a, a dig at the broncos oh kelsey's a must start for sure absolutely all right baltimore at new orleans monday night football uh lamar jackson starting but uh this guy's losing all his weapons man it's gonna be tough for him but he did show last week he can still produce with some of the ancillary options on this team um obviously it looks like i think andrew's probably not going to play um just based on missing both thursday and friday and even if he does it's most likely going to be at a limited capacity so lamar jackson does get a downgrade but i'm not streaming anyone over him um the the only guy i would consider and you would have had to have gone out and got him already would be justin fields but i still think lamar jackson is just a little bit above him it's just sucks because he doesn't have a lot of options to throw the football to so it's hard to see where he's able to uh to get that aspect but still a starter um the running back room i think is pretty easy i think we're in in agreement edwards should miss he missed both thursday and friday if you miss thursday and friday you can't practice in even a limited capacity and you're not like a star star player on a team very very unlikely you're going to be playing on sunday uh so i think i'm just going to kind of play this as if he's out and Kenyon Kenyon drake can you can go ahead and put him in there um the only concern would be is if Edwards does find a way to play, Drake's value just goes out the door and he's probably already locked in your lineup on Monday Night Football. So that part kind of sucks. That is the risk with locking in Drake. But if from my in my opinion, I would be comfortable doing that as of the information we have Friday afternoon. Yeah, I think Drake's a pretty solid play this week. Like you said, uh, Edwards not practicing at all this week tells me pretty much all I need to know. Even if he ends up being active, I believe Drake will be pretty involved either way. And in a Baltimore offense that you know needs people that to help them move the ball besides Lamar Jackson with all these injuries right now, uh, Drake should be pretty heavily involved. I would probably play him uh, you know, over the, the Khalil Herberts, Antonio Gibsons, James Connors if he's active. Um, you know, obviously all the Chiefs guys. I'm trying to look through if there's any other interesting points here, but I'd call him a low-end RB2, and uh, he's probably yep. in your lineup this week with all the uh, the buys and injuries. Yep, absolutely. The wide receiver room here, uh, Devin DuVernay and the other name, Demarcus Robinson. Um, out of the two guys, I would rather just take my shot on DuVernay. He seems to be a little bit more explosive, whereas um, Robinson just kind of seems to be more of a possession receiver. So, you know... He's not a traditional wide receiver, seems to be used as more of a gadget guy, so you're really hoping for a big play and a touchdown out of Duvernay, but we've seen it happen before with the buys and the injuries on this team. I I don't mind having to uh, trust Duvernay this weekend. Yeah, he's uh, he's an option for sure, uh, especially like you said, uh, no Bateman, <laughs> probably no Andrews, um, and yeah, I think I think Duvernay's a fine option. He just kind of is what he is, though. He's not going to be, you know, a guy that's getting eight plus targets down the field. He's more of a gadget player. You're going to see uh, five or six targets for him out of the receiving position and then hopefully uh, you know, four or five rushes for him as well out of the backfield. That's kind of where Devin DuVernay's value comes in. He's uh, you know, used in those gadget plays, and with uh, all of the injuries, they should have to turn to those a little bit more often than usual. So he's, uh, he's definitely a solid option. I play him above uh, you know, guys like Juju, uh, Michael Pittman, um, Zay Darnold, Jones, Drake, or Devin all those DuVernay. Guys. 
Uh, ooh, that is a very good one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Zay Jones. I'm, just, I'm confident in that Jacksonville passing game this week. I believe they'll, uh, you know, I believe they'll be able to move the ball, and Zay Jones should have quite a bit of opportunity against a weak secondary. I, I trust him a little more. I, I I agree with you there. I'm I'm really high on Zay Jones this week. Uh, tight end room. Uh, so okay. This is where we rec- I highly recommended getting Isaiah Likely if you had Mark Andrews because even if Mark Andrews plays, I think it's going to be at a limited capacity. Again, if you miss practice Thursday and Friday, they're not just holding you out for rest. Like You're actually injured at that point if you can't practice in a limited fashion. So um, I, if... If I'm the if I if I'm the Andrews owner and I got likely, I'm just gonna put likely in my lineup as of right now because I think Andrews is probably out. Um, but I guess if you are the Andrews owner, kind of how far would you go down if you didn't get likely um, down the streaming list? I mean, Dawson Knox, Mike Gesicki, Evan Ingram, or not Evan Ingram? Obviously, you'd play him. Dawson Knox, Mike Gesicki, Tyler Conklin. Would you put any of those three lineups or just hope Andrews is healthy and, and can get some? some play out there i think uh at this point i'm really not expecting andrews to play so unless something positive comes out between now and sunday i think you just got to play anybody that is active uh over mark andrews at this point because i would uh, i would bet on him sitting in this game if you can pivot yeah. to a Jawan johnson if you have a roster spot to, uh, to play him he's a fine option to pivot to he should get a few targets in this one so uh, I think that's the route that I would go if you're looking at, you know, if you're going as low as Dawson Knox, Mike Kosicki, Tyler Conklin, I would just throw Juwan Johnson on your bench and then, uh, you know, hope Andrews ends up playing. If he doesn't, you can go to jo- you can go to Johnson. But, uh, you that's know, if fair. you have a better yeah, option, right. like you said, like an Ingram, a Hurst, a Higby, I'd probably just go ahead and play those guys uh, over Andrews because I, I really don't think he's going to play. Yeah, I actually love that you mentioned that because Jawan Johnson's probably available in just about every league. So probably, if you missed yeah. out on Likely, I would probably also go that route unless you had a higher-end streamer. That's that's a really good point. Um, but on the New Orleans side here, I think this is going to be fairly simple. Uh, Andy Dalton, I'd prefer not to, but in two quarterback and super flex leagues, he is definitely an option. Again, 20 out of 26 starting quarterbacks are going to be played in fantasy in a 10-QB uh, or 10-person league. So... He's definitely a, uh, an option. Uh, running back, Alvin Kamara, wide receiver, Chris Olave. You're starting both of those guys. Um, and it's going to be hard to at this point, but I would go see who in your league has Chris Olave. I think he's a league winner. He's already been a, a really high-level wide receiver. If a bad team has him or a middling team and you can maybe go out there and make a deal, a two-for-one for Olave, a little risky with him being a rookie wide receiver. You know, may see him come back to earth a little bit, but – I love Olave rest of season. Um, I would go out there and try and get him if you're a team looking to make a championship run. And then last but not least, Taysom Hill streamable. High floor, sorry, low floor and a high ceiling. Not much to say, not much more to say about him. Uh, I feel like we've highlighted the tight end position well enough out here. Yeah, 100% agree. I love Chris Olave myself. We were very high on the player coming into draft season, and that has sort of played itself out so far this year. He's the clear number one in New Orleans. Michael Thomas is not coming back to this team. And, you know, if Jarvis Landry comes back, I think that will just serve to, you know, shift a little bit of the coverage away from Olave more than take away from any of his uh, his production. So love Olave rest of the year. I'm very glad that the uh, man I am playing against this week in our Dynasty League uh, traded for him uh, a couple days ago. So that will be very fun to watch him go off on Monday night and ruin my hopes and dreams. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Can't wait to can't wait to pod with you after that happens to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be in a great mood, I'm sure. 
Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up for us. Uh, three less uh, three less games to talk about out here, but we still managed to run it up to about an hour 45. So if you stuck it out for the full thing, we appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Nick, let's head out of here, man. It's about dinner time. Uh, do you have any last words of wisdom for the people, or are you ready to go? Good luck, and uh, hopefully you guys have a better week than I did last week. I am hoping uh, you know my luck turns as well, but this is really a, kind of one of those pivot weeks where if you – you know, if you're a three and five team and you lose, you might be looking to sell in uh, any sort of keeper dynasty format. So, hopefully, we head towards playoff contention with a win this week. Yep, I hear that. Good luck, everybody. Peace out.